following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You're listening to On the Right Road. Get ready to experience extraordinary real-life inspiration and discover valuable tools to help kids find and travel the right road in school and in life. And now, here's your award-winning host, author, singer-songwriter, producer, humanitarian, and founder of Right Road Kids. It's Paula Phillips. Right Road! Hello, everyone, and welcome to On the Right Road. I'm your host, Paula Phillips, and as always, I've got something good and positive and wonderful to say and share with you all this evening. Tonight's show is about something that I really believe is weighing on all of our hearts as parents and teachers across the board. Something is happening in our kids' lives. There's more technology every day, which is leading to less and less real social interaction. There's an instant gratification epidemic going on, again, tied into our technology age and the fast-paced everything. And what this is all leading to in way too many situations is that kids are bored and disengaged at school, and that's not okay. We absolutely need to address the challenges that the situation is creating because they seem to be multiplying exponentially. And to begin tonight, I'd like to share with you what a teacher friend shared with me recently, the topic of motivation for kids in school is one of the things that I consistently receive the most requests for in terms of teachers asking for advice. And what this teacher friend shared with me is so spot on in terms of what I've heard from a lot of teachers and what I think a lot of teachers and a lot of you, all of you wonderful Right Road friends are feeling. So I wanted to start with this tonight. So here's what the friend shared with me. And I'm quoting, One of the main issues I've seen over the last several years is the lack of effort and motivation coming from kids. As teachers, we are constantly trying to do things and incorporate things like technology, but to no positive, productive avail for so many students. Some kids just don't seem to care if they're failing or in danger of failing. I even offer free tutoring for students. I've set up contracts for kids to help them get better grades. We've tried sending letters and emails to parents and even called them, district officials as well, and for the most part, we've seen little improvement. Now, there are success stories, of course, but far fewer than I ever would have imagined. I think this is in part due to kids just thinking they should get a good grade or being allowed to turn in work late. But the main thing is, I think electronics, mainly cell phones and social media, have been what has led to what I'm seeing in kids and teens today. When I first started teaching, she went on, students were were for the most part very motivated. Then about seven years ago, things started to change. And what was the difference? What became available at that time? Smartphones. 
Now, rather than using them as a tool in the classroom, the whole thing became a detriment. Kids are so distracted and have to be attached to their phones. And it's a permanent distraction because even if they're put away, kids' minds are still stuck on their phones and what's being said on social media or happening in the last game they were playing. Now, I thought that Chromebooks would be more engaging in the classroom in this world where kids just want things instantly. For some, they are great tools, but do I think it's really making great strides in improving overall learning? No. It's amazing to me that kids will ask a simple question with their phone or Chromebook sitting right next to them, and they don't even once think to use that as a tool to find the answer. They don't want to work for it, even just a little bit. Many kids don't even know how, or maybe they choose not to, use the tech at their fingertips to help them. In the past few years, my colleagues and I have noted that students in general are scoring lower and lower, not necessarily due to ability, but rather due to lack of care and motivation. It's hard to know what to do. I try to get them engaged daily, but it doesn't seem to matter much what I do. And the most frustrating thing is that there are kids you know can do it and they just aren't. So again, that was a heartfelt communication that I received from a teacher friend who really needed to pour out their heart. And it's what that communication really is what led to tonight's episode. It is so important that we address the challenges kids are having at school related to the motivation and boredom issues. And just some of those challenges that kids are facing at school are having to do with learning skills, like they're having difficulty even sitting on a chair. They have short attention spans. They have low working endurance. They're getting bored and overly excitedly easily. They have difficult dealing with um, difficulty dealing with changes and challenges. They have organizational skills that are lacking. They want to do what they want rather than what needs to be done. And then on the social skills side, they're they've got impulsiveness. They have difficulty waiting their turn. They have difficulty keeping friends and resolving social conflicts. I mean, empathy, conversation skills, respect for authority, all those things are lacking. We are in crisis with this. But here's the good news. The day after this teacher friend of mine and I connected about this a couple of months ago, that teacher whom I just shared, she shared this amazing letter with me, that teacher sent me an article that I was blown away by, and the article was titled, Why Our Children Are Bored at School, Cannot Wait, Get Easily Frustrated, and Have No Real Friends. Now, I was so blown away by the article that I asked Marcy right away, you know, Marcy Right Road team member, if she would reach out to the writer of the article to schedule her as a guest on the Right Road tonight, and you guys all know the wonder of Marcy, it never ceases to amaze me, guess what? The writer of the article is my guest this evening. (laughs) I'm just so excited. Oh, my gosh. Now, before I introduce you all to her, I want to share a humongous, heartfelt welcome to all of you this evening. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. I'm so glad you're here. And speaking of motivation and engagement and having fun and making learning just a, a joy, I'd like to start out with some super fun giving tonight. So I've got my first On the Right Road giveaway for this evening. And as a helpful reference, we'll get all of the gifts and giveaways from tonight's show out in the mail to the teacher 
Literature recipients the week of April 10th. And tonight is all about real motivation for kids learning and growing on the right road. So all of my giveaways are going to be wonderful resources that will help psych kids up to be excited about learning and being at school. So here's the first giveaway. It's open to all teachers in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road, on the right, road right Now. I'm so excited. I'm fumbling over my words here. Um, first of all, you guys know I also always like to mention the code word. Tonight's code word, I, I bet you can all guess, it's the word motivate. So now here's what you're going to do. Each giveaway that comes up, we're going to pop it up on our Right Road Kids Facebook page and just follow those simple entry guidelines that are in each offer post. And in addition to the uh, guidelines in the, on the Facebook posts, make sure that you also type in the code word motivate. That way we know that you're actually listening to On the Right Road, okay? So... Um, Here's the first giveaway. I've got six super cool Crayola Art with Edge classroom portfolios. Each has a big set of markers and a bunch of awesome geometric art posters. I found this kind of thing to be so helpful for some kids to help them stay focused in school in a positive, creative way. So there will be six teacher recipients, and each one will receive one of the really cool Crayola portfolios. So to enter, you can just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening just again follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post it'll be open until just after the end of the show till 6 30 p.m pacific 9 30 eastern tonight and we'll announce the six recipients on our right road kids facebook page tomorrow again make sure to include tonight's code word motivate as part of your entry comment so marcy you can go ahead and pop that up on our right road kids facebook page right now and of course you guys know this is just the first of the awesome giveaways i'll have throughout the show tonight so keep our Right Road Kids Facebook page close and ready. Just a quick note that if you're not listening live tonight, we're live Sunday, April 2nd. The giveaways will, of course, be closed. And you know what, you guys? I noticed something fun. We are only about five reviews on our Facebook page away from being at 300. And those things, um, they just provide wonderful like impetus for sponsors so we can do even that much more for all of you wonderful teachers. So if you want to go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page and give us one of those five-star reviews, that would be awesome. That would mean so much. I'd love if it would go over 300 tonight. I just saw that here, so yay. Okay, so now, as you can tell, I am so excited to introduce you all to my guest. Something very cool is happening on the right road. We are truly becoming an international show. We have listeners from many countries, and our guests are now coming from around the globe. You guys probably remember Leon Logothetis from a couple weeks ago. He's from London, and now my guest this evening is from the Ukraine by way of Canada. Her name is Victoria Pruday. And hold on to your hats, you guys, because I believe this woman is a genius. Victoria is a registered occupational therapist with extensive experience working with kids. She is the founder and director of a multidisciplinary clinic for children with behavioral, attention, social, emotional, and academic challenges. Through her wonderful work, Victoria also helps parents and teachers recognize the impact of the modern world of technology and overabundance has on kids' development. She helps adults understand what's going on in kids' lives, helps them effectively address the issues, and find ways to unlock their kids' potential. Victoria 
has helped children and families throughout Canada and around the world. And she's a frequent guest speaker at various medical and educational institutions around the globe. And her 2016 article, the one that introduced her to me, has been read by over 5 million people around the globe. I think it's been translated into like 15 different languages, and it's put a spotlight on her effective approach, which has in turn helped that many more children, families, and classrooms. So I'm just like thrilled beyond belief to welcome Victoria Prudet to On the Right Road. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you, Paula. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. You And you guys listening... Grab a pencil and paper if you can, or have the little note section ready in your phone, because I I know what we're going to share tonight. You're going to just want to jot as many notes as you can, because these things work. They, I think they are going to be, I know they are going to be life-changing for you, your kids, your students, and your classrooms and your school. So first of all, Victoria, I always like to start with the heart of the matter, and just so our wonderful listeners can get to know you, you know, to kick things off. Where did your passion for helping kids come from? So my passion uh, came from my initial experience when I started working in Toronto School Board. And, um, you know, I've been in the classrooms. I observed children. And I actually was, you know, very surprised by the level of challenges that children and teachers both face. And then gradually I started um, uh, opening my private uh, clinic. And what I realized is that there is so much more we can do if we actually work with parents as well, not just the teacher but parents as well. And uh, I realized, and as well as we know now about the science of neuroplasticity of the brain, we know the brain is just like a muscle. We can make yes. it stronger. We can make it weaker. So what I realized is that by lifestyle that we're offering our children today, we're weakening their muscle. They're, um, they're coming to school emotionally unavailable. And the surprise is the moment parents understand the the downsides of the, our modern lifestyle, we see huge changes in the lives of children. Well, and what actually is happening, Victoria, with our children's, because, you know, this whole element of technology is just exploding in our world. Yeah. What is actually happening with our children's brains with that overabundance think, of technology? I, I think whatever your friend teacher shared with you, it's a consistent message that I hear from teachers from all around the world. Children are coming to school not available for learning. They're capable, they're bright, they're smart, but there is a huge gap between their ability and actual performance. So what we see are children who they know how to do things, but the moment there is little challenge, they have hard time to overcome the challenge. Learning requires the ability of the brain to function under boredom. But because of the lifestyle that we created for them, their brain is not equipped to work under boredom. Sitting during circle time requires the ability of the nervous system to concentrate while there is not much to do. Children right. do not. So there is what, we, what I'm seeing is the fluctuations of arousal. 
So they come to school not at the balanced arousal state. They're, the moment the work is a little bit boring, they go into under arousal. So it's almost like they're sleepy. They're not processing the information. Yes. And the moment there is lack, less structure and a little more excitement, they become overly excited. So they fluctuate between the state of under arousal when it's very difficult to learn to the state of over arousal when it's also difficult to learn because the nervous system becomes too hyper. Well, and I Where want all to the learning I... happens in the just right balanced arousal state. Yes, and I, I, when you're using the word boredom, it's not a negative thing. It's that state of kind of quiet focus where you can yep. be creative and you can find, yes. Okay, so now here's the thing. I just read an article. It was a, a New York Post article, and I've got to share this because this just blew me away. As a parent and as somebody who works with kids, it helped me understand so much more about why this is so crucial that we talk about this and that parents and teachers and school districts understand this. Here's what the article, the crux of the article was. Technology affects the frontal cortex of kids' brains, which controls executive functioning, including impulse control. Get this, in the same way that cocaine does. Technology is so hyper-arousing that it raises dopamine levels, and that's the feel-good neurotransmitter most involved in the addict dynamic. Hundreds of clinical studies are showing that screens, that technology, increases depression, anxiety, and aggression, and it can even lead to kids losing touch with reality. A kid's brain on tech, on technology, looks like a kid's brain on drugs. That's what's happening. And this and is what we need. very, very sudden. It's, it is. We, and we got an epidemic. And I think the challenge is that none of us really could have predicted that this is going to happen. And all the parents that I work with, they all have the best intention in their mind. We all want the best for our children. It's just that, unfortunately, we didn't know that this is where it's going to lead us. And what we see today is tremendous side effect on all the aspects of kids' development. And what we need is education. We need to increase parent education to understand where it's all, where it takes the children and the connection between lifestyle at home and this lack of emotional availability for learning at at school. Because what's happened, we introduced the technology too early and for very long times. So, We use technology as a babysitting service. And as I always say, you know, it keeps them quiet at the moment. But in the long run, parents are going to pay with their attention, with their delay gratification, and with their ability to function. And what happens is that technology rewires their brain to expect constantly high levels of stimulation. And reality becomes really boring to them. Then they come to the classroom and there is a human voice. There is a human teacher who is talking. They can't even process that information. And I meet lots of teachers who say, you know, Victoria, we first need to go to some special effects school and then get our teaching degree because we feel that we talk to children and they don't hear us. 
until yes. we get really loud and exciting voices and something extraordinary, they can't even hear our voices. So, and then obviously, when a child is constantly uh, preconditioned for high levels of stimulation, they come to reality, they come to real world, and real world is boring, and there is no motivation. Because compared to the special effects that on the screen, you know, what can, what's, what can replace it? What can a pencil and a paper replace it? But without certain, you know, any learning requires some work that will be, you know, monotonous. But we need to do it in order to achieve greater goals. Right. But if children lacking this fundamental ability, then, you know, obviously we will see gaps in their academics. So well, another and here's- thing... Well, here's what I'd love to dive into, if it's okay, Victoria. I'd love to dive into some of the solutions. I am just, you know, there's, whenever there's a problem, I don't, you know, oh my gosh, I I like to look at, okay, here's the problem. What are the solutions and strategies? So tonight, I would really love for all the wonderful On the Right Road teachers listening, I'd love to dive into what are some strategies that teachers can use. And I've got several of them here that I know are on your heart. And if it's okay, I'd like to kind of introduce them. And then if you could kind of share some techniques and ideas that really work. So the first one that I I read that you share as a wonderful thing to do is to incorporate calming techniques into your daily school routine. I mean, and in good part due to technology, more and more children come to school in, like you said, in this state of just over arousal, you know, it's, and they're not available for learning. So what are some of those calming techniques that Mm -hmm. teachers, whatever age they're teaching can incorporate into their daily school routines? So, yes, uh, the, the work with the over-arousal, um, you know, used to be the children would come to school already available for learning after, yes. you know, after school they spent time outdoors and uh, they played with their family and then went, went to bed on time. But today they entered the school already in that over-arousal state. So, in this area, more work needs to be done on teachers' end and they use not to need to do that. Right. Now, some of the some of the strategies that I am always talking about are the use of calm music into classrooms, especially during transition, especially when children come into school, when they come in after recess. It's very important to play calm background music because it taps directly into the frontal lobe in, into the uh, regulation of the central nervous system. So another important thing is to use relaxation, to use yoga, deep breathing exercises, incorporate them into the classroom routine, especially during after highly arousing activities such as recess or gym time. Um, I'm often talking about incorporating nature walks just to take them outside, to have some cl- some small classes where they you actually teach outdoors under a tree. And, you know, increasing recess time, it's very important, especially from, for students who have a harder time. Very often they stay in for recess, but those are exactly the students that need to spend more time outdoors. Yes, uh, so that makes sense. Those 
Yes, Paul. It, that totally makes sense. It's like if their recess is taken away, it makes the problem even worse. There yeah. needs to be a different. Oh, you're you're hitting this spot on. So now the second one, that uh, the second strategy for teachers that I know that you feel very strongly about is to incorporate teaching social skills, what you call emotional intelligence. And I know that more and more research is coming out about the importance of emotional intelligence. That self and social skills on, on success and happiness in life. And it, like you said, it used to be that children learned these skills on the playgrounds while playing with neighbors and siblings outside. And today, because children spend most of their time in front of those tech screens, their main source of social interaction is school. And many come to school lacking those social skills. So how can teachers incorporate emotional and social training into their school days without, you know, every learning minute, they're under such pressure. How can they still incorporate that into the daily school day? So the amazing thing about the emotional intelligence and what we learn more and more about it is that it's trainable. It's teachable and trainable and it's modifiable. So yes, it needs to be incorporated. And, you know, um, there are um, interesting programs such as zones of regulation or how does your engine run, where we actually teach children understanding their different arousal levels. So children need to get the tools to understand that, you know what, sometimes I feel like I'm a little bored. I'm in a blue zone. But yeah. what can I do to bring myself up to the green zone where I feel at the optimal? So maybe I can take a sip of water or maybe I can ask for a break. The same to teach children about when I am overly aroused. So what happens is I might get into trouble because I'm too excited. What can I do to help myself, to calm myself down? So, and I run groups where I actually teach children um, zones of regulations, and it actually works amazingly. They can learn, they can internalize. It's just that we need to give them the opportunities for training and the tools. So another I like that. very important thing is teaching children about empathy. Empathy yes. is a crucial thing for social interaction, and I see more and more children not being able to connect between their behavior and feelings of other children. So every time there is a situation in the classroom, or every time, even once a day, a teacher can take a social conflict, even not related to the classroom, but, you know, take an example of a social conflict, and help students to see the conflict from a perspective of the first person and from the perspective of the second person and see what could have done, could have been done to resolve um, this conflict in a more positive way. I so like, it's think, like taking a proactive approach to, yes. instead of just allowing all these things to happen, it's yes. helping kids understand what's going on with them. And, and I find with my own son and, and all the kids that I work with, the more that you talk to them on a, on a real life level, like they will understand They're, they've, they definitely you know, do understand. kids are geniuses. And I feel like the more that we talk to them instead of yeah. just letting it happen and then, oh my gosh, we've got to deal with this big situation. I totally yeah. agree. I love and that. Also, you know, when I uh, work with kids, um, I teach them that life, our life is just like a long hallway. 
with many doors. And we got the key to each and every door if we just choose to use the right key. So I teach them that, let's say, if you wanted to play with a friend, what would be the right key to unlock the door to your friend? So giving them, taking things that are very abstract and putting them at a very concrete level. So even during circle time when kids are sitting around and asking them, what did you do? What's a good thing that you have done yesterday? Did you help anybody? Did you help a friend? Did you help your parents? Bringing the positivity and the importance of doing good things to people and the, the connecting it to the feeling. So when you did this, how did your mom felt? This analysis is very important because very often we just tell to our students, you know, this is not how we behave. Right. But if they knew how to behave otherwise, they would have. And if they really understood the impact of their behavior on the, beha- on, on the feelings of someone else, their behavior could have been completely different. So well, we and really I think, need to I think, bring I back think this, this empathy be- piece. Yes. Yes. Empathy. And I think, you know, you said circle time, that's dealing with the younger kids. But I think this concept can be used across the board for whatever age we're dealing with. You just have to find the right way to bring it up with your group of kids. But, uh, oh, my gosh, we could go on for hours and hours here. There are three more quick things that I want to mention that um, Victoria has laid out. And these things are for parents and teachers. Again, strategies for dealing with what's happening because of technology. Technology, and I'm just going to quickly share them here. Number one is to uh, train delayed gratification. Help kids understand that they need to work for things. It's not about getting it, you know, like my son just broke his finger and now he can't play baseball for six weeks. But we're finding, we're encouraging him to help be a coach for the team. He cannot get out there and play today. So he's having to delay that gratification of playing again in six weeks. But instead of getting all upset about it, we're finding positive ways, work to heal and get better and still be a part of the team in different ways. And it's it's very successful. Uh, the, the next one is don't be afraid to set limits uh, with technology, with candy. You know, I think so many times um, parents want to be friends of their kids today but first we have to remember to be parents and like Victoria shared at the beginning of the program you know um, having them on technology eight hours a day may be an easy babysitter today but the problems that's going to cause five years from now is just enormous so set the limits it's okay and the next one is to teach your child and again Victoria touched on this but I really want to make it clear teach your child to do monotony work from their early years as it's the foundation for future workability and basically in my mind as a parent what this means is chores and you know and some oh my child's too young to do the dishes my child's too young to vacuum no my goodness, your two-year-old can start vacuuming. Um, Amy McCready, who was a wonderful guest a year ago, shared, instead of calling them chores, call them family contributions. And what you're teaching your child by doing that, and I think they can be classroom contributions. I think teachers, we need to give kids even more to do on a regular basis. It, it just, it teaches them from start to finish. Even if it's not our favorite thing to do, you feel a tremendous amount of success of doing something that's 
helpful for your family, helpful to the classroom. And somehow that's really getting lost in our society today. So and it's a foundation, right, Polly? Yes. It's a foundation for future workability. Because exactly. what happened, what we created is this fun world. So at home, children are not helping their parents any longer. They're not setting the right. table. They're not doing laundry. They're not even, many don't even tidy up their toys. So what happens is their their brain is not trained to do things that just need to be done. And right. once they come to school, yes, there are expectations at school that you just sit and do work, but they're not prepared for it. So we have to bring back those basic chores starting from a very young age just to prepare their muscle to be more workable for school. Absolutely. Now, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask Marcy right now to put up a post on our Right Road Kids Facebook page with the call-in phone number to me here on the Right Road. I'm hoping to be able to take a couple of calls tonight. It's just such a wonderful chance for you guys to personally ask Victoria, just this amazing child development expert about something specific you may be dealing with in your classroom and with your students, you know, relating to this whole issue of boredom and motivation. Um, the toll-free number, let me give it to you. It's it's here to On the Right Road. The direct line is one 888 Three four six nine one four one. Again, that's one triple eight three four six nine one four one. And all, as always, if you're a teacher and I'm able to take your call and you're live on the air here with me, I'll send you a wonderful Right Road School Supply gift pack. So ready, set, call. Remember, if I'm able to take your call, just turn down the volume on your computer or iPad or whatever you're listening to, so we don't get that weird feedback happening on the air. Okay. And while we're getting some of you guys on the line. I've got my next On the Right Road giveaway for this evening. This giveaway number two tonight is open to all teachers in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. You may have seen the post of a bunch of bright and colorful Lakeshore learning bags I posted on our Right Road Kids Facebook page last week. Well, (laughs) I visited the store and found some wonderful resources related to everything we're talking about tonight. So I've got six awesome project-based resources that help kids get creative, help them focus, and help them bust the boredom. I have two crystal climbers building sets, two slot-a-shape building sets, two of Ed Emberley's drawing book of animals, and I'm even adding a $25 Lakeshore Learning gift card. So there's things for all different ages here. So total, there will be seven teacher recipients for this giveaway, and each one will receive one of the awesome gifts I just mentioned. And what I'll do is I'll match the gifts as best possible with the grade levels of the recipients okay so to enter just go to our right road kids facebook page right now as you're listening follow those simple entry guidelines in the offer post make sure to include tonight's code word motivate as part of your entry comment even if you included it when you entered tonight's first on the right road giveaway make sure to type motivate as part of your entry comment for this evening too so marcy you can go ahead and pop that up on our right road kids facebook page right now it'll be open until just after the end of the show till 7 p.m pacific 10 eastern tonight and we'll announce the seven recipients on our right road kids facebook page tomorrow and i've got to give special thanks to manager jose at the northridge california lakeshore learning Store. He did something special. He gave me enough 
20% off coupons. They're good online or at the store for us to include one in every gift package from every giveaway as part of tonight's show and pre-show. So there's about 100 uh, recipients that are going to be from tonight. So he provided that many um, coupons. I thought that was so nice. He's such a nice guy and the customer service is so appreciated. So thank you, Jose and Lakeshore Learning. Yay, we love you. So while we're getting some calls on the line here, Victoria, I'm just wondering, um, so much of what we're talking about here in terms of helping kids find motivation for school and learning stems from home, from parents teaching their children. But in so many cases, that's not happening. And, and again, it might just be people not understanding why technology affects kids' brains the way it does. But what I'm really wondering is how can teachers best communicate this information to parents in a positive, loving way without it coming across like they're placing blame? Because the whole thing is we just want parents to get it so they can take positive action to direct, address these things with their kids. Does that make sense? How can teachers communicate this to their kids? I mean, to their parents and the families yeah. so yeah. that they can be partners in this. So, um, you know, what I learned over time is really that um, parents, once they get the education and when they really understand what exactly they're doing, they're changing their lifestyle. They don't really see the whole picture. It looks like, oh, just a little bit here, a little bit there of technology. It's okay, but they really need the education. And um, there are guidelines. There is an um, American Association of Pediatricians. Uh, uh, they came out with guidelines that children until three years of age shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't have access to technology. Children from three years and up. Um, should be allowed two hours a day, um, which means that, you know, two hours a day is an optimal that does not uh, have a negative effect on, on uh, their brain and overall functioning. Okay. So there are those guidelines that they are available online. And um, I also think what's really important is to guide parents on how to set the limits and what are the activities that they can do instead. I think once the parents understand how to set those limits and how to replace it, we will have greater chances of parents to really be, uh, to follow the advice. And parents need to understand that, you know, when children are in the cars, they shouldn't have access to technology. We should set it as a limit because it's an amazing opportunity for the family to connect, to talk. Yes. Yes. When we go to a restaurant, we shouldn't, children shouldn't be on technology and parents should be an example as well and put the phones away and to learn to communicate and to interact with each other. So there are more and more research evidence coming out, and I know many schools in America actually sent my article home to the whole school and posted it on um, their new letter. So it's another way because it gives really the replacement and other ideas that can be helpful for parents. Well, and again, Victoria's uh, last name is Prudet. That's P-R-O-O-D-A-Y. So if you Google her, her website will come up. You can find that article. It's about why our children are bored at school, cannot wait, get easily frustrated, and and um, 
um, have trouble keeping real friends. I think that that's a great idea to send an article like that home. I'm even thinking that it would be great to set up. I know so often when you set up a family night, you know, three parents come. But the way I look at it, if three parents come, that's three parents that you've reached. And it can grow from there. Do something. We've got to do something to communicate with the parents of what technology is doing. So tonight, teachers, each one of you listening, think of one thing that you can do. And I think getting Victoria's article out there is just a huge blessing. Do one thing that is going to communicate this message. Have them listen to this show after the fact, you know, this On the Right Road episode, so that they can really understand what that eight hours, that 11 hours of technology is doing to their kids' lives and their minds. So, oh my gosh, we've got a plethora of calls here. We have on the line Karen from Pennsylvania. Hello, Karen. Welcome to On the Right Road. Hi, Paula. It's Karen Salado. Oh, Karen, how are you doing, my friend? I am I am doing well. Oh, I'm sitting good. here. My husband went out and got me ice cream while I was listening to your show, so I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice. Karen, I'm so glad you called in. What's your question for Victoria tonight? Um, my question is, in Pennsylvania, we are actually starting our PSSAs, our state testing. Okay. I teach special education. My question is, you know, I have all my tricks and all that, but what I w- I'm really curious to know, what would Victoria do? How, do? how would she keep the kids motivated to, to still do their best on a test that they can't read? Oh, and you know what? It, that I don't. I think that's not even just special education. Sometimes parts of the test for any it grade is. in any. Or, it's a very. That's a good question. So, Victoria, what do you think? How can kids f- handle this when sometimes they're not even going to know what question it is? How can they stay calm and focused and still do their best? So, um, I think uh, first of all, and I'm sure you're doing it already, is just to talk with them about it way in advance and explain to them what tests do to us. Bring it back to that zones of regulation that sometimes when we do tests, we become really overly excited or we become nervous, we become anxious. So here are some things that we can do. Maybe we will play quiet music on the background. Maybe we will take a deep breath before the test and maybe in the middle of the test we will do it as well. So really, those tests are opportunity to bring back the zones of regulation and self-regulation and so on. So other things that you can uh, do that we haven't discussed yet are um, little motivational things that um, I often incorporate. So, for example, you know, setting the timer and, and visual timer so they can actually see the passage of time. Um, you can use uh, maybe stamps. So at the end of the test, whenever they finish, you can stamp their work uh, or hole punch it. So it's almost like a, an excitement, something to look for um, at the end of the test. You can give them a smiley 
pencils. Maybe write a test with a smiley pencil. It's more interesting than just writing a test with a, you know, with just a regular pencil. So those little external factors may increase, um, rebalance them a little bit and get them a little more positively excited about the test. And maybe do like a reward system. So you say, guys, we write a test and at the end of the test, we're all going to go for a walk, just relax after a difficult work. And then reflect back on how did it feel, what did we do, and what can we learn for the future? How can we do better next time to deal with stressful situations such as our test? I like that. I just, I love all of the just talking with kids that you're incorporating into your answers because I find when I work with kids, that really works. Instead of talking down to them, talk to them and get their input. And I love this. Karen, yeah. thank you so much for calling. And you know what? Sure. Make sure you message me so that we, I, and I'm, I think I know what school you're at this year, but message me on that yeah. or Facebook page and we'll get that school supply gift pack off to you. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I you hope this was helpful for you. Thank you for everything. Oh, you're welcome, Karen. We love you. <laughs> love you too. Bye. 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 And now, I think we have time for another call here. We've got Kayla from Arkansas. Hello, Kayla. Hi. How are you? Hi. Hello, I'm Kayla. Great. What's your last name, Kayla? I have a question. Um, oh, good. What do you good. Do when you have students who special needs students who have problems transitioning from activity to activity, and you've tried giving, you know, the, the five-minute prompts to, to let them know you're going to transition, but they still have, either they shut down or they, or they melt down with the transitions. That's yeah, question. it's a very interesting question, and it's something that, you know, on the mind of many, many children, uh, teachers. And, um, you know, I kept thinking about what transition is on the big scheme of things, and actually I realized that what is transition? Transition is a stress, right? Anything that whenever there is a change is stress. So many Children who have hard time transitioning are those children who have difficulty dealing with stress, and they're oh. the ones who have hard time with delaying gratification. So, yes, it's it's not an easy thing to do. And uh, what I often recommend is, again, whenever, let's say, the time is unstructured, when there is a lot of excitement, use a calmer music on the background to keep their overall arousal at the calmer state. What I would do, I would sit down with a student who has a hard time to transition and make a plan. I would say, okay, you're playing with that toy for five more minutes. And after that, let's choose something else, kind of in between, that is not, let's say, going back to work, but maybe take this toy and put it on my table and ring a bell, and then go back to your work. So incorporate something that is still has a little bit of exciting stimulation. For example, you know, ring an office bell when you put the toy on the table. Or get, uh, you know, the Staples easy button that was easy that they press uh, whenever they um, 
put uh, the, the, the toy away and ready to go back to work. Or um, make a deal with him that if he is able to transition nicely, he gets a diamond and make it a jar where he collects his diamonds. And maybe if he collected five diamonds, he is going to have some special thing to do um, as, a, as a free activity. So again, it's thinking about his nervous system and how to help his nervous system to deal with the stressful event of transition. So the using of calm music during this unstructured time, I find that it really helps students because then they're, by the time they need to transition, they're not as hyper, not as overly uh, aroused. And using tools to help through it, like something exciting, something that still is motivating. Does it I make like sense? that. Yes, it does. Thank you so much. That will be help. I will. I will start that tomorrow. <laughs> and get well, the easy button. I find any school where I go, uh, you know, I always recommend easy buttons. They're cheap and they're amazing. And she's talking. She's talking about that. And builds confidence. It's she's talking about it. and easy. office bells as well. Just a little bit bell that kids can ring. Well, and it's the easy button from Staples, that big red button, I think, yes, is what she's talking that, about. That, that was easy. <laughs> and then you say, you see, it's amazing. It was easy to transition. You did it. And celebrate like the success. I like that. Well, hey, Kayla, thank you so much for calling in. Remember to message me and all of you guys waiting on the line. If we're not able to take your call tonight... You still get a gift pack because you you called in. So message me if you're waiting on the line. If you called in on our Right Road Kids Facebook page, tell me what school you're at, and we will get a school supply gift pack to you. Victoria, I I can't believe the time is flying by so fast. I want to make sure that everybody listening knows how they can connect with you. I have a feeling a lot of our wonderful listeners may, may want. I know you do Skype sessions, you do phone calls, even though you're located in Canada. I know you can provide so much support. How can they get in touch with you? So uh, they can go on my website, www.yourot.com. Uh, your, it's Y-O-U-R, ot.com and um, I'm doing lots of workshops for parents and for teachers and I do Skype consultations and I do I see children all around the world and people come to me or I go to them so there is a lot that can be done Um, there is a lot that we can change um, in the lives of our children by changing the way we understand how their brain functions and finding the right tools to help them function. So I'm anybody more than welcome to contact me and whatever I can help, I would be more than happy to help. Well, and I just can't say enough, you know, check out her website even tonight. Again, it's Victoria Pruday and her website is your, Y-O-U-R-O-T, And you'll see, she just is spot on with everything. I know we had to go so fast on some of these questions tonight, but she's a plethora of information. And I know that she can help your school and your students and your kids and your school district. So give her a call. Thank you so much, Victoria. You are amazing. And I'm just so grateful you've been my guest. (laughs) 
Thank you. Oh thank my. you very much. And, you know, I really appreciate uh, your respect for my work and really seeing the value in it. Uh, I think it's fascinating if we all work together and if we all understand that we're all in the same boat as yes. uh, teachers, parents, we're all in the same boat. We all need to work together to help our children really to save their future because they are not on the right path. And it's an epidemic and it's very sad. And we need to get them on the right road with this whole yes. technology thing because technology can be wonderful, but unless we rein it in where it's being productive and functioning in a wonderful way with our kids' brains, what are we going to do the next generation and the next generation yep. after that? So thank you tool. thank you it's again, Victoria. And I've got to thank all of my amazing sponsors. Right Road Kids, Right Road Productions, Lori Stinas and her Keller Williams real estate team, Nair Seatsack, and all of the Southern California DCH, Audi, Honda, Ford, Lexus, and Toyota car dealerships. You guys know these are all incredible companies, so support them whenever you can. Also a reminder that this is our only On the Right Road show in April 2017. The third Sunday is Easter. So, but don't worry. Mark your calendars. Sunday, May 7th is our next On the Right Road show, and it's going to be our huge 2017 teacher appreciation episode. It's just going to rock. I just can't wait. I I just get so excited for all of our episodes. And like I always like to do, you guys, I just have a couple of nuggets that I'd like to share from my heart that you can take with you into the week. Number one, I'm going to share a couple of articles with you. You already know Victoria's. Check out that New York Post article. It's called How Screens Turn Kids into Psychotic Junkies. I know that's pretty intense, but again, just Google New York Post, How Screens Turn Your Kids into Psychotic Junkies. It is so spot on and helps everybody understand the chemical things that are happening with technology. And I also found another article on Edutopia. It was written by teacher Natalie Catlett. It's called Rock On, How I Taught Focus to a Class That Wouldn't Sit Still. Oh, my gosh. You've got to check that out, you guys. She, You know those, when you go to the beach, you see those rock sculptures that t- people take hours to create? Her article was how she took her class of rambunctious kids who couldn't focus, and she, she did this rock sculpture project with them. And within a few weeks, they started to do teamwork. They started to problem solve. They were talking together. She said it was life-changing. So check that article out too. My second nugget is I just suggest in any and all ways that you can to incorporate a life business skills aspect to your classes especially the business aspect when kids get to middle school and high school we've got to start teaching our kids how to balance their checkbook how to call for customer service what happens if they lose their wallet I don't think our kids are prepared because of all this tech and they're just stuck in their devices they're not prepared to handle daily things that happen so anytime you can even if you don't have a whole class like that in your high school but if if you're a math teacher and can build in checkbook balancing those things have to be taught to our kids I just I our whole team here has been talking about that a lot lately and so just a suggestion anytime you can incorporate incorporate those things huge blessing for our kids number three Victoria has a quote that says our children are a reflection of 
us. If you want to see change in your child's behavior, start by changing yours. Something that I've started to do this last week after planning for this episode tonight was when my son gets in the car, my cell phone goes down. I don't even look at it. The, it, it just makes a world of difference. I, and I, I, my, ch- my son is my light in my life. But I, that one little thing has made such a profound difference because he sees my eyes the first thing when he gets in the car. And number four, share this episode. It'll be available uh, on demand next week. We'll post that on our Right Road Kids Facebook page. Uh, share this with the parents and the other teachers in your life and, and begin that dialogue and help everybody understand about how technology is affecting our kids and how we need to find that balance help them find that balance and you guys know I've got one more amazing giveaway for you all this evening it's open to all teachers in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now thinking of being engaged in learning and having fun and everything we talked about tonight I have one of our Right Road teacher pick a number giveaways we have the number on our end we've already picked it and the five closest guesses between one and a million will each receive a $100 school supply gift pack. So to enter, just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Follow those entry guidelines in the offer post. It'll be open. Oh, oh, this one's a little different in that you'll also be including the number guess, your number guess as part of your entry comment. Also make sure to include tonight's code word motivate. We're only going to look at the numbers where that motivate code word is there. So include that. So Marcy, you can pop that up on our Right Road Kids Facebook page. It'll be open until 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern tonight, and we'll announce those five recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page tomorrow. And a big thanks to Nair for donating the amazing school supplies for the gift boxes. Thank you again. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this hour went by so fast. Thank you to Victoria Prude, my very special guest this evening on the Right Road. Thank you to Marcy. Her daughter wasn't feeling well and she's still here behind the scenes. I love you, Marcy. Thank you, of course, to my amazing engineer, Justin, and the whole Voice America team team. Thank you all so very much for listening and being a part of the Right Road family. Blessings and love and light to every single one of you. And you know, in case you missed any part of this evening's show or would like to share it with friends, this episode will be available to listen to or download for free. And again, we'll post that link on our Facebook page and website within the next few days. Remember, we'll also have the click and listen giveaway for this uh, show tonight on our Right Road Kids Facebook page next weekend. So even if you're listening now, you can still click and listen and enter that awesome giveaway too. Remember the next On the Right Road show will be live here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Sunday, May 7th. And in between our On the Right Road live broadcasts, you can always connect with us on our Right Road Kids Facebook page and via our website at rightroadkids.org. Hey, as I always like to close with, always remember that you are special, appreciated, and loved. Until next time, Sunday, May 7th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Be that daily, positive, bold, empowered inspiration for the kids in your life and live your best, most amazing life on the right road. Find your motivation for learning and growing every day on the right road, everybody, and help your kids truly find theirs, too. I love you all. Mwah! Thank you for listening to On the Right Road with your host, Paula Phillips. Connect with us anytime at www.rightroadkids.org or at Right Road Kids on Facebook. And we'll catch you again here every first and third Sunday of the month 
at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on The Right Road. Right Road.